0: Welcome to ServiceNow Tech Bytes, where we help you use the product better. I'm your host, Steve Miller. Today we're going to talk about Service Portal with tech support engineers Brandon May and Jesse Adams. We'll be talking about differences between Service Portal and Content Management System, or CMS, search groups versus search sources, the widgets options schema, and some troubleshooting tips. Stay tuned! (laughs) Joining us today on the phone, all the way from Orlando, are Brandon May and Jesse Adams. Guys, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you, Robinus.
0: Uh, Brandon and Jesse are part of the tech support team that helps our users resolve issues that come up when they're using the product. We're really glad to have them today to share their user-oriented perspective. To start off, Brandon, can you tell us a little about yourself, like what do you do here at ServiceNow?
1: Sure, I've uh, been here for a year now and I, started out basically taking uh, knowledge management uh, and then Service Portal came out about a few months after I started. And that's when we they really needed someone to kind of help out learning the product and being able to answer questions for clients. So I kind of took that on and then I became a, a an SME, a, a subject matter expert uh, for Service Portal. And since then I've kind of grown into the knowledge champion for Service Portal for UX issues. Um, and I'm basically the go-to guy for all Service Portal issues uh, from the UX side.
0: Okay, and do you uh, work with customers a lot in that role?
1: Yeah, we work with customers all day, every day. Um, I also handle the USG accounts as well for that aspect, and it's a full load, especially with the, the new features that come with Service Portal and, and getting to, you know, not only answer customer questions, but also getting out content uh, as everything's updated, being able to get things out to the customers through the doc site and through blogs, to the community, stuff like that. So that people can be informed of features that maybe we haven't, uh, maybe you haven't provided too much information on. We try to make, uh, we try to update information as much as we can.
0: Okay. It sounds like you wear a lot of hats there. And how about when you're not at work, what do you like to do?
1: Well, I'm currently working on my master's degree, so I don't know about like to do, but that definitely uh, takes up a lot of my time. But me and my fiance, we love to cook and we love to uh, go out and find new recipes. And we've got all those fancy little uh, shopping plazas where they have, you know, fresh fruit and meat and stuff like that. And we like to go home and
2: cook up nice meals.
0: That sounds pretty good. And Jesse, how about you? What's your role here at ServiceNow?
2: Well, I'm one of the team leads for the user experience team. And so day to day, I'm helping our support engineers as they're helping their customers. They get stuck. they don't know where to go next. It's my job to help guide them to the to the next step to a solution. Um, and I'll get involved in incidents and and talk to customers from time to time, mostly, their escalations, kind of hot situations um, more more often than not day to day. I'm helping out the people who are helping the customers.
0: Okay, that sounds like a uh a, a live wire role. Uh how do you relax when you're not at work?
2: Oh, well, I'm a family man, so first I'm hanging out with my wife and my kids. Um when they're not keeping me busy, I do a lot of things. I, I'm a musician. I play three instruments. I uh build guitar effects pedals. Lots of fun things. Um I'm really into Nerdy gaming, like Magic the Gathering, that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I, to relax, I do a lot of stuff. I don't like to sit still.
0: That yeah, sounds like a a mile a minute with all that. Okay, well, well, let's uh, let's talk about Service Portal a little then. Um, for folks who might not be familiar with Service Portal, could you give us a quick overview?
2: Sure. So, Service Portal really, it's there, there's really two two elements to it. First, it's a visual layer on top of the ServiceNow platform that gives us kind of a user-friendly, responsive interface for end users to interact with the platform with the data in it. And uh, they don't have to get bogged down with all of the options you have in the regular UI. Um, And then along with that, it's also a, a very powerful framework for building custom applications in ServiceNow using modern web technologies that people will already be familiar with things like AngularJS, Bootstrap, and so on.
0: Okay, uh, Brandon, anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, it's, uh as far as Service
1: Portal goes, we've added a lot of functionality to it that uh, you couldn't do with previous things like CMS and other ways that you could uh, allow content to be seen by a user. We're like Jesse said, the, the Angular is is, is a, a huge uh, platform for us and something that we've uh, really enjoyed using because the customizations that you can make with it and the things that you can actually do with it are, are just fantastic. It's almost endless to what we've seen so far.
0: Okay, um, before the show, you mentioned a few things uh, to, to, that you, that users often ask us about. And one of those is the difference between the content management system which, or CMS and service portal. Can you tell us about that?
2: Sure, so one of the important distinctions to make between the two is that service portal is not CMS2. I think there's a common misconception among customers that um, service portal is kind of the the, the next CMS. And while they share a similar use case, they're actually completely separate applications. And so uh, a lot of times we have people who their expectation is that there's going to be some migration path and there's going to be strict one-to-one parity between the functionality. And there's really not, they're really two separate applications, um, similar use cases, but um, they're not really directly like predecessor and successor to each other. Um, So that's a common misconception that I think is important to clear up first of all between the two. Um, another one is that CMS had a lot of functional elements, right? You had content blocks, UI macros, iframes, a lot of all this stuff using Jelly. And in the service portal, we have one functional element. That's a widget. It's written with JS. A lot fewer moving parts to maintain and manage.
1: Yeah, the primary thing that I, that I get the question about is the overall layout compared to CMS. and. Again, just like Jesse said, there were, with CMS, there were a lot of pieces. You had iframes that were built in one part of the platform. You had content blocks that were in another part. You had CSS that was in another part. So you had to build it in all these different parts, whereas with Service Portal, everything's laid out right in front of you. You've got four basic frames that allow you to lay out the the CSS, the HTML template, the server script, the client script, everything's right in front of you. Whereas in CMS, it wasn't. And with CMS, we no longer utilize iframes. We no longer utilize any jelly code. So uh, there are some things that you probably, people would be used to using in CMS, like um, uh, like UI macros, stuff like that, that would not function in uh, in service portal.
0: Okay, thanks. That's a good overview of the differences. Um, now I wanted to ask you a little bit about some best practices for using Service Portal. I wonder if you could tell us about search groups and search sources, what they are, and what are some best practices for setting them up.
2: So, search sources are really uh, they were introduced in Istanbul, and they really um, they replaced search so search groups, which we had had previous, previously. And we still have search groups in the back end and the standard UI, but For Service Portal now, we have these search sources. At a high level, they do the same thing. They let us configure where we can search uh, in the instance. They have a couple of really cool features that search groups didn't have. Um, For one, you can create a scripted search source that will let you pull data from anywhere that you have access to. So if you have an external application that you that has its own knowledge base and you have an API to pull data out of it, you can create a search source in ServiceNow that will go let your users search that knowledge base in that application and show the results in your portal. So um, some pretty cool things there. Um, But it can also be used basically exactly the same way as we would be used to using search groups too, if you don't want to do anything that advanced.
1: Yeah. Search groups uh, were a little bit more minimalized to the content of the actual instance itself. Whereas search sources now basically allow the search to be broadened and you can pull in sources like Jesse was mentioning from several different places as long as uh, the user can be authenticated. Um, so it's a, it, it's, a, it's a big improvement from where in before Istanbul you could, uh, the search group and everything was minimalized to just the, the instance itself. Whereas now, again, you can pretty much go anywhere that you want and pull results. One major thing that uh, people used to ask us about with before uh, in Helsinki was that it actually only assign a single knowledge base to each service portal whereas with search uh sources you can actually search through several uh knowledge bases and get the results from several knowledge bases
0: okay that sounds good i wanted to ask about the uh, the widget options schema um, can you tell us a little bit about that and some best practices for implementing that
1: the widgets options schema, basically what it does is it allows you to define what you want people to actually do inside of the widget, what you want people who are utilizing the widget to have references to. Um, the layout for in Service Portal in Helsinki and Istanbul is a little bit uh, different, whereas before it was a, a vertical or a horizontal layout in Helsinki. Um, where you would just simply add a reference, and you'd give it a title, and then you'd give it a value, whether it was a string or a boolean, and then you could then call it from there. Now there's a really nice horizontal layout in Istanbul, which is a little bit more user friendly, and it allows you to be really detailed. It gives you the option to make a to to label it. You can even put a hint, uh, which puts it directly into the code. You can put a hint that says, "Hey, we're going to use this particular field to um, hide the the new UI action." Um, an instance, for instance, you, you may have a list view that uh, in the front-facing UI, you have a new button that you uh, kind of took away from users because you didn't really want the users to create new records through the list view. And there used to be this omit new button, and that wasn't uh, brought over to Service Portal at the beginning. So what they did was they created these options schema where you can go through and you can actually set whether or not you want that new button to actually show up on the list view. Um, I actually just recently uh, put out a blog post because that was one of the biggest questions that we were getting was how do we hide this new UI action? We can do it in the front facing, but how do we do it in service portal? Well, it's done through the option schema and inside of the actual code uh, in the hint, it will show underscore new. Um, it will You can actually call it and turn it off, you can do it based upon user, you can do it based upon um, ACL roles. You can actually create your own type of options for that particular view. Um, It could be a reference view, it could be just an option. You can actually uh, have it to be to pull certain views, certain form views, um, where you can have it where if a target page, if it's not for a catalog item, then let's don't use this view because With widgets you're calling uh, an instance of a widget so when you throw it on every single page you're going to want different options for every page. So you can go through with the option scheme, you can actually make it so that okay if it's a catalog item form view let's do this if it's this other form view let's do this so it's. It's it's best practice to to set it up and make sure that you use the hints and that you're able to actually uh, lay out how you want people to actually read through the code. If, if a developer is looking at it, you want them to know, okay, so I can use this option for this and this option for that.
0: Now, as long as we're talking about widgets, I heard about a best practice regarding cloning widgets from the base system. Can you tell us a little more about that?
2: Sure. So when you have a widget, most of the base system widgets uh, will be read only actually, and you'll have to do this. But, um, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for customers to need to tailor a widget's behavior to their specific use case for it. And best practice is if you need to do that, you need to, you should clone the widget and make any changes that you need to make to the clone of that widget. There's a couple of reasons why that's important. One, it gives you always something to go back to, right? If you just horribly mess it up, it's broken, you can't get anything working, you always have something you can revert back to. Um, but another reason it's really important is that it give, It allows you to receive any updates for future releases. Maybe there's a bug with that widget. When we update that code, if you've customized it, you're not going to get the update, right? So cloning the widgets gives you the ability to make your changes, tailor it however you need to, but preserve the original functionality and continue to get updates.
1: And also for if there's ever an issue with uh, the widget itself, let's say you're in a testing mode, you clone the widget and you're into it. You go into testing and you find that there's something that's not functioning properly. You can always revert in the meantime back to the original widget, which is a a reason why uh, on the basis that we don't allow uh, certain widgets, we don't allow them to be modified by the users. Um, They can see the code, but they can't modify it. It's read only but when they clone it, it then opens up all that code. They get a duplicate and then they have the ability to modify all that code to make it customized. Um, But if something turns out it's not working properly, then they can always revert back to the base system.
0: Okay, Uh, next, before the show, you mentioned that you had some troubleshooting tips for users, what you got for us?
1: Well, the the, uh, main one that uh, we get asked a lot that when we are actually troubleshooting issues, uh, we hit the control, uh, right click, button on any widget that's within the actual service portal. And it will pop up a customized menu that allows you to uh, view the option schema, to view uh, basically any functionality of that form. You can either open it in a new tab, or you can open the modals that come along with, it, like the, the, uh, the widget modal, the, the page modal, stuff like that. So you can actually access the code directly on the page you're actually testing in real time. And a, a lot of people said, like, oh, wow, how do, how, how do you do that? That, that was crazy. And I'm like, oh, well, you just hit the control button. So that's a, a feature that uh, really helps you be able to test and modify and look at things in real time right on the page itself without having to say, oh, let me go back to the configuration form and see if I can find out what's going on. You can actually do it right in the page and say, oh, I forgot to do this or I forgot to do that.
2: Yeah, you know, a couple of things that I always tell our engineers here, when we're troubleshooting Service Portal stuff, is you know first remember that everything in Service Portal is a widget. If something in Service Portal is not working, there's a widget that's failing somewhere. And once you realize that and are able able to identify which widget is not working, it gives you a lot of freedom, right? Because there's no black box code that we don't have access to. It's all just the code in the, contained in the widget. So you have a lot of freedom to put in log statements, debug it. Um, really trace through the code, see what's happening, try to find what's going wrong, right? Um, another thing is you know, going back to cloning widgets. If you cloned a widget, made some modifications, something we do a lot of times to just to rule out, well, is it something that I've changed on this that's causing the problem? Revert back to the base systems one. You've at least isolated that, OK, some changes that I've made might be introducing a, a problem here. Another thing is just that using that debugging context menu that Brandon mentioned, um, you can log all of the data from the scope to the console directly. And that really can show you a lot about what's going on. If there's any problem with the data that your widget's receiving from the server, that's the way you can identify that really quickly. So it always helps kind of guide you, okay, where is the issue? Is it client side, is it server side? That can help you find that out really quickly. And then uh, I think, Probably one last thing that I feel like maybe isn't widely known is that with Service Portal, we actually ported the just standard JavaScript console log to the server side code for Service Portal. So you can use console log to log anything you need to the browser console the same way you would be able to in normal JavaScript um, from your server script in your widget, which is pretty cool and, and I've found to be really useful
0: okay um one thing that i've heard mentioned is that service portal pages are portal agnostic can you say a little about that
2: sure so and this probably again comes back to if if you're used to working with the cms you would say oh this page belongs to this site service portal you can use any page in any portal without any issues now if you open a page in a different portal you'll get that portal's theme you'll get that portal's knowledge base some of the things you've configured for that portal, but the functionality of the page will remain the same.
0: Okay, that sounds like it makes things nicely portable. I was just wondering if there are any secret features, underdog features in Service Portal that users might not know about that uh, that might help them out. Well, I think a lot of people uh, forget that you can actually go, you
1: can build Service Portal through the front-facing UI, not just through the SP config. A lot of people, they go to the, the SP config, and I, I use that a lot too, but, there's a lot of query options that you can actually make through the instance of a widget. You can go into the front-facing UI and you can go to, under the portals, you can actually open up instance of widgets and you can see all the widgets that, the instance of widgets that you've actually created. And you can go in and they have additional, uh, through the related list, they have additional options that you can actually go in and you can really dig in pretty deep with the query. Whereas on the widget form, in the widget modal inside of the uh, ESP config f- uh, page, you have to actually hand write the actual query out. Whereas in the widget instance itself, you can actually go through and it's got really nice dropdowns where you can say uh, on this table where this user is this, return these results. And you can really, uh, really dig down depending upon what kind of list or what kind of form you want to return uh, you can really use that to uh, to, to make some modifications that would probably take a little bit longer on uh, the modal format and the SP configuration.
0: Um, one thing we often talk about on the on the show is integrations and plugins. I was wondering if there's anything that uh, that people can use to to enhance the feature of Service Portal.
2: Well, most of the platform, most of the plugins in the platform and things like that are are implementing their own portals. So if you're using HR, if you're using customer service, they're all going to add things into the service portal, have their own portals, their own widgets. Um, So in a sense, those will enhance the portal. Um, But some of these new features like search sources, like the ability to go search for knowledge in places that aren't your service now instance, I think are great ways to enhance your portal too and and enhance the functionality there.
0: Um, And those are built right into the to the base product, the base service portal product, exactly. is that right? Exactly, those are
2: part of the base system starting in Istanbul. And yeah, the base product is, is extremely powerful uh, with what you can do.
1: I mean, you can really do a lot of things. And there's a, also additional uh, features that you have to kind of turn on. Uh, like, for instance, the live chat in service portal, um, that's done through the portal configuration page. There's, a, there's actually an option schema where you can actually turn it on. Um, a lot of people don't realize that that you could actually turn on the live chat. They have the live chat for their their old their previous CMS page, but uh, they didn't know that there was actually a live chat implementation for the service portal. There is. You can actually utilize it, and it functions the exact same way. It'll it'll provide that pop up, and it can be uh, customized as well.
2: I think that's one of those things you have to get out of this the SP config page to to see that it exists, but it's there.
0: Okay. Uh, one last thing I wanted to ask about on our community, we get some questions about uh, migrating from CMS to Service Portal. Any advice for those folks?
1: I think that the it, it, it sounds uh, scarier, I guess, than it really is, because there there's nothing in place that allows you to you know take whatever was in CMS and migrate it over to Service Portal directly. Um, A lot of the basic page, let's say you've got, if you have a catalog item, um, that catalog item is going to function the same way in Service Portal as long as you have the client script set up to uh, be properly configured. In Service Portal, the client scripts have to be set up to be uh, both mobile UI type or or both type, both desktop and mobile. Um, But you have to have that mobile functionality because Service Portal is meant to go across all platforms. So whether you're on your cell phone, whether you're on your tablet, or whether you're on your desktop, it's going to function the exact same way we don't have to build three different UIs for that. Um, you just have one at service portal it works across all of them, but you have to make sure that the scripts are set up in a way that uh, they can function across all of those. So. There's a lot, there's uh, in our our doc site, there's uh, a lot of resources there that let you know what API calls no longer function um, in Service Portal. A lot of them were just uh, old desktop ones, they're mobile UI ones, so they wouldn't work anyways. But it's really good to review your scripts that you have in place um, to make sure that they're up to, to par with what Service Portal is expecting so that they can function properly
2: yeah, I think you know one of the biggest things to remember is when you're moving from the CMS to the service portal, you're really not migrating. You're re-implementing. And that does sound scary. That sounds like a really big undertaking. But a lot of the functionality that you're relying on in your CMS site is there in service portal out of the box, right? We can use the catalog. We can open incident forms. We can do a lot of those same things. Um, but like Brandon said, you have to be conscious of the fact that, One of the big goals of Service Portal is to be a um, responsive UI across devices, which means we have to handle certain elements of it very differently.
0: Okay, great. Is there anything else you guys would like to add about Service Portal?
1: I'm excited about Service Portal, actually. I I play around with it every day on my own personal instance. Um, In fact, uh, Jesse's even working on a really cool widget right now, like like a task widget that allows you to kind of go through and, and strike out uh, different tasks that you've completed. And it's just fun to play around with. There's so much that you can do. I mean, if you go to the community, you can really see. I've seen some fantastic widgets that people have built um, utilizing their own code and and really implementing some really cool features. I mean, you're using Angular, which which is a, you know, you can really do a lot of stuff with that. and. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Service portal is a lot of fun as far as a, a building uh, a structure for how you want your service to be to be implemented.
0: Okay, well that's all I uh, that's all I really had to ask about. I want to thank you both again so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks
2: for having thanks us. For having us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. yeah, this this has been great. Um, I was wondering, actually, let me ask you one last thing: if you could tell our audience if there are other particular sources of additional information on this that, that they might find particularly helpful.
1: Well, the doc site has definitely become uh, upgraded very recently. Um, in fact, this, this, since the beginning of this year, uh, we've really been pushing. Uh, I'm the knowledge champion for UX, so I, my job, part of my job is to really make sure that the content can get out there. And we've really been pushing to get a lot of content out to the doc site and to the community, building blogs that really help show how you can customize a service portal. So we, we definitely have, we definitely utilize uh, community, uh, the developer site, and the the doc site quite frequently. Um, okay, yeah, places? you know,
2: um, and a lot of, it's not uncommon for us to be pushing out content to blogs on the community, stuff like that. Brandon did a really good one talking about configuring uh, widget instances using the options. Um, I'm working on one right now, kind of, diving into search sources exploring that so check the blogs in the community Uh, we're always putting out good content on there uh, to help answer these kinds of questions and and also just kind of help inspire you to dive in and do something cool
0: okay that sounds good well thanks again both thank you thank you for more information please consult our product documentation or knowledge base or ask a question in the ServiceNow community thanks for listening